재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 And we are back. We are continuing our discussion on a uh, initiative by the government to try and get the country to move away from diesel fuel in favor of more environmentally friendly vehicles like electric or hybrid cars. We will have a discussion with Professor Choi Hong Chul, who is uh, from Kumin University Automobile Engineering Department, and we're going to get some uh, opinions from you as well. Text us at pound one zero one three for fifty one, or send us Kakao Talk message by adding TBS CFM as a plus friend. Uh, joining us here in the studio once again from Kumin University as well, for economics professor Kim Hyunak. Professor Kim, welcome back. Thank you. Um, first of all. <laughs> Uh, again, maybe you can just give us the macroeconomic view of this, but what are your overall thoughts on South Korea's environmental taxation policies? Uh, do you believe it is appropriate, uh, or is it kind of weighing heavily on the country's long-term growth potential? All right. So let's focus more on the, the energy prices. So the last tax is charged to the diesel than the gasoline because the diesel-fueled car was uh, usually used by uh, the people who drive for living. As you know, the, this trend is changing in these days. So there are the people who are not supposed to get uh, the benefit of the last tax get a benefit. And then uh, that is a wrong distribution of the social welfare. And uh, this must be corrected. So... In the other hand, this may not be the focus of this discussion. The price of the electricity, especially the industrial electricity, is too cheap. The reason of the cheap price is due to the business-friendly policy of the government. The considering that the most of the electricity comes from the, the thermal power plant, which is pointed out as the one of the main source of the fine dust, the price structure of the electricity price uh, also be repaired or fixed with the tiny because with the tiny rate of the inflation recently the this must be the good times to discuss the risk reconstructing uh constructing tax on on energy yeah and that's another very important point and uh, perhaps we'll get the thoughts of our other panelists who is joining us on the line right now automobile engineering professor from kungmin university professor treung chal hello hi Good evening. Well, good evening to you, Professor. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we just uh, heard the thoughts of Professor Kim Yanaku was saying that, look, we, diesel may be a problem, but we've got other uh, looming pending issues we can address also with electricity, uh, the relatively low prices, and, and how that is also affecting um, the environment in terms of the production of that energy. Why do you think the government has focused so heavily on diesel fuel as sort of the bad guy, as the main culprit for air pollution. Is that scientifically grounded in fact? Uh, do the diesel engines really leave a much bigger carbon footprint compared to other things, even gasoline vehicles? Well, when it comes to the air pollution issue from a vehicle, we're talking about many different things. Uh, the most of the people already know that CO2 problem, you know, about, I mean, we, uh, we all know about the CO2 problem because it is known to be a main cause of global warming issues. However, current discussion about the diesel emission is not about the CO2, but about the particulates that comes out from the diesel engine. In terms of carbon footprint, the diesel is actually better than the gasoline engine since mm. uh, its fuel economy is a lot better than gasoline. And the main difficulty involved with the diesel emission is the particulate, not the CO2, especially a very small size particulate because it is well known to uh, be very harmful to the, the human body, I mean, human health. 
So that's why government is so keen about those uh, diesel engine problems. So we're not talking about necessarily climate change and greenhouse gas emissions, as you point out, with CO2. What we're talking about focused on is, is diesel and when we have mothers and children who are at risk with the uh, fine dust uh, alerts that are coming out. That, that, that is why the government is focusing yeah, on diesel. that is correct. Because recently, uh, due to the problem with those you know, humidifier issues, mm. I mean, government is so uh, cautious about this uh, little particular problems. And I know we're kind of delving into like environmental engineering aspects, but if if we, if the country were to eliminate diesel fuel and diesel fuel emissions completely with those particulates as well, uh, would that go a long way towards helping um, solve the fine dust level problem here in the country? I would say so, because those small particles is really hard to uh, filter out before it enters into the environment. So it is it is. It is difficult to get rid of it as long as we are using the diesel engines. But if we can eliminate the diesel completely, it will definitely promote the better, you know, better uh, dust problems currently happening in the country. But it is impossible to get rid of 100% because it has a very, a very good fuel economy, so you can actually run the engine at a lower cost. Right. Now, Professor Kim, again, from a macroeconomic view, and some people think if we talk about fiscal policy and the revenue shortfalls and the reluctance of the government to actually uh, raise marginal rates on other groups, uh, let's say the wealthy or the corporations or even middle class, um, some cynical observers might say that the government is trying to use the diesel emission scandal as a crutch to levy more taxes, address those revenue shortfalls. A lot of people thought that about the cigarette tax hike as well because it was also a health issue, but then it was a revenue thing as well. What are your thoughts on that, and how bad is the budget deficit problem right now? Uh, probably raising tax on the diesel helps to make the, the revenue shortfalls, but the effect must be limited. If so, the people who drive the diesel-filled cars easily substitute their cars with the non-diesel cars, including the gasoline-filled, <clears throat> I'm sorry, or the more eco-friendly cars. Then, if the demand for the diesel is reduced, <clears throat> the effect of the uh, the policy may not be the, that clear. Budget deficit problem can be regarded not that serious in this time, but the problem is that the size of the budget deficit is increasing. So we can, we have to think that, you know, in different sense. I mean, the, this is an environmental problem, and this is a budget deficit problem. And then accumulation of the budget deficit is reflected as the public debt. The size of the public debt is about the 40% of the GDP. And this number is not that high comparing to the, those of the developed countries. The, those, those of the developed countries have a, like a, sometimes have a three-digit number. So mm -hmm. the, the moreover, the considering the size of the foreign currency reserves, the current budget deficit is still manageable. So we have to right. think differently. Yeah. One of our listeners uh, with an opinion texting us saying, 1150, diesel car owners already pay an environmental tax uh, with cars, if they own it, that are over five years old. They have even more responsibilities on the cars and the type of fuel. So I think the point is there's already a bit of a tax burden being levied, especially if you own an older vehicle, and this would be even compounding that situation. One question, Professor Tran, as someone who is an expert on the automobile industry, I made the joke earlier is that I would love to be able to afford like a Tesla Model S and drive it around. <laughs> so it would be, it'd be wonderful. Obviously, that's a very luxury, high-end, high, -end, high
hybrid type of vehicle, but even things like a, uh, a Toyota Prius, which is more of a mid-range, it's quite prohibitively expensive here in Korea. And there are government subsidies available if you want to buy an EV or, or a hybrid. But that being said, it doesn't seem to have enticed the mass market to pursue those or I guess, buy those cars over the typical gasoline or even diesel fuel cars. Why is that so? Well, the consumer perception, I think, the, uh, the hybrid electric vehicle, you know, it is definitely a, a, a drivable without really concerning about the driving distance or charging right. facilities, charging infrastructures around the, uh, around the town. But for some reason, uh, the market's not picking up rapidly. However, if you look at the global market, hybrid vehicle sales are growing uh, substantially. And for EV case, it is slightly different because uh, the driving distance per full charge of electric vehicle is typically around 150 kilometer. And this is not satisfactory to the most of the consumer uh, expectation. And with this limitation, it is critical to have sufficient charging infrastructure around town. But in reality, the number and the quality of the infrastructure is not there yet. And recently, a few EVs, like from the Tesla, they come out with the new models with longer driving distance right. per charger coming. However, this would mean typically a, a longer charging time for a vehicle unless a specially designed supercharger is used. So the solution would be to have a good enough charging infrastructures around town. And the, well, furthermore, you know, I think the self-sustaining business models that can run this EV, okay, EV uh, business market, uh, has to be developed and supported by the government. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of hard to expect the EV market is growing rapidly. However, you know, as I said, hybrid electric vehicle should be, you know, very, very uh, easy to pick up, and, and it shows in the global market. Isn't that a question, then, of where to focus the R&D? Because it seems like the trend is to move over to purely EV cars because of the splashy, I suppose, um, PR done by by Tesla and its success, at least in the U.S. market. But it, isn't it kind of like the old argument of, Blu-ray or uh, HD DVD or uh, even like um, Betamax and VHSs, you got to find out who are going to be the winners in that marketplace because isn't even hydrogen still um, companies like Hyundai trying to push that as, as, a, as a viable alternative? But the infrastructure has to be built out, and that's not going to happen until the market decides, no? So this is like a chicken and egg problem. That's why government has to play an important role to, to establish the, the infrastructure. However, my point of view, uh, I think the government has to support the private business or public business uh, to, to come up with the business model so that the, the business entity can make money out of this market. Otherwise, you know, the government has to pay all the bills you know, from the start all the way to the end. I mean, that's not right. going to happen. So we have to involve the business entity to, to, to earn some incomes out of this, this business environment. Professor Kim, uh, in your view, what could be some of the non, I guess, aside from fiscal t policy, some of the non-taxation approaches that the government could further take to try and, if we all agree, fine dust levels is a problem, we have to fix it as soon as possible to meet those environmental objectives um i think uh, i'm not yet a specialist of the environmental economics so then 
I just to try to give the more, more precise uh, explanation. So, the, so the, in the sense of the economics, the tax policy usually has many side effects, good or bad, which is not expected sometimes. Uh, if the government really have a will to solve the air pollution problem, I think that the, the approach must be more direct. So the it's not the other tax. Uh, example includes the debt includes that the junking or the diesel fueled cars which emit emit the more pollutants and the giving more the or the giving more the incentives to the buyer of the more eco friendly cars. This must take a lot of the cost, but we have to take account of the externality due to the air pollution. So that the benefit of this policy must be better of the cost of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now again when we go back to the market, Professor Tre and I, I think everyone's excited. Everyone has uh, a lot of uh, amazement at some of the things that Tesla has accomplished so far. And then now what they're touting with the Model 3, uh, which they believe will be their first mainstream vehicle. Um, their problem right now, I suppose, is capacity, right? Uh, whether that Gigafactory battery plant will be able to produce enough uh, to, to meet market demand. Here in Korea, do you feel that this is something that Korea can catch up or that it will follow the rest of the trend? Let's say they build out the infrastructure in the U.S. and, and all those supercharging stations along California has just become sort of all throughout the country, that that will make its way to Korea sooner or later, regardless if the government decides not to do anything to encourage the growth? Well, I... I, I don't know. I mean, for, I mean, if you're talking about the specific, spe specifically about the Tesla, I don't know if they can build those superchargers yeah. in, in in Korean area because it requires a lot of electricity, and it will be a, a big burden to the power grid line, which we are already suffering from the shortage during the summertime and you know during the uh, cold winter time. So, I don't think Tesla can build those superchargers around town, and. And again, you know, one of your questions is that this electric vehicle, whether it's from Tesla or, or any other companies, can become a mainstream. Uh, to be honest, uh, government really has to play an important role to build up the mm -hmm. infrastructures, make sure that all the charging infrastructures are kind of compatible to all the EV mo models which are in the, in, the, in, the, in the market. Otherwise, it's not going to... You know, it's not going to take a big uh, impact on 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 the uh, the car car sales areas. Is your money on at least in the mid to long term, or at least short to mid term here in Korea, then on just continuing to develop hybrid technology where we can still utilize the existing infrastructure of of gas stations around the country, but try to keep on improving the efficiency as well as the emissions of those kind of vehicles. You can't get it to net zero, I know, with, with the emissions, but is that really the more viable path in your view here in Korea? I would definitely say so. I mean, uh, EV can be an ultimate solution to get rid of all the uh, pollution problems. However, uh, in the meantime, Especially the the plug-in hybrid electric vehicles mm -hmm. would be a very, I mean, can be a very viable solution because most of people will drive less than 50 to 60 kilometers per day. That means you don't really have to use gasoline at all if you're using you know your PA plug-in hybrid electric vehicle properly, and you know it would eliminate you know a lot of uh, engine emission problems. So I think that would be a very viable solution. 
how then does the local industry handle that? Because I'm going to just say as a uh, just an average consumer, and if I'm in the market to buy a hybrid vehicle, and, you know, I, I maybe I'm just being naive, but as a consumer, I automatically look at the efficiency ratings, right? The fuel efficiency. And it across the board, it always feels like the cars by Toyota, whether it's the Priuses or what have you, are much better in terms of their efficiency ratings than the Hyundais and the Kias. And I know things are improving, but there's even been scandals where uh, Hyundai and Kia have um, maybe fudged those numbers, at least in the U.S. market. Uh, There is still a lot of catching up to do, isn't there, for the local automakers to try and try to say, look, these are going to be the the cars of the future that we can build that will be eco-friendly and that will also be economically viable. I would say, um, you know, even though there must be a little bit of technology gap between Hyundai's and Toyota's or any other, you know, uh, foreign um, advanced countries, uh, advanced vehicles, but I think the Hyundai's doing pretty good. Okay. I mean, I'm not just trying to praise them. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say any good words for them, but, you know, they are doing their best to come up with a good product on the market. I mean, it, it shows if you look at the all the worldwide uh vehicle market shares, they are taking a lot of portions out of it. That means they're doing something right. And in this plug-in hybrid or HEV markets, they're doing the same thing. But, you know, for the only models, especially for the only models, there could be a, a little bit of technical glitches, but I think they're making things, you know, well, properly now. So uh, it's just uh, the consumer's perception. That's That's something that we have to break. So overall, you are bullish that uh, both the local auto industries as well as the local governments are going to figure out some kind of way, especially when we're talking about diesel fuel, uh, and figure out something, uh, again, with the concerns that a lot of the elderly, the moms and the kids have with fine dust levels and and those direct correlations with with what kind of fuel and how much fuel we use. Correct. I mean, uh, in order to help, I mean, improve those uh, the, the the fine particle issues or fine particle problems to the health. You know, we have to limit the use of uh, diesel engines one way or another, or we may come up with a better filter mechanism to to to, to filter out those particles before it comes out on, uh, on the air, comes out in the environment. So that's something that we have to do. And and from the you know environmentally friendly, not only for the the health, also CO2, to take up the CO2 issues, we have to move on to this, uh, you know, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle and ultimately to EV or fuel cell electric vehicles. That's the steps to go. All right. Uh, very good points indeed. Professor Tre, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your time. All right. Thanks a lot. Prof- Professor Tre Wung Chal from Kumin University Automobile Engineering Department. Uh, Professor Kim, uh, just any, as a final point. Do you have any final thoughts on this issue? Or would you like to re-emphasize any of the particular points that we discussed today, uh, which you think are most important for our listeners? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> about a decade ago, air pollution was not the serious issue in Korea, uh, though it was getting worse in 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 a, like a decade ago. But if the appropriate policy was taken in that time, the situation does not become like that. So the, I believe that the other, even though the other new policy, whatever it is, a shape, it takes a time to get the other significant result. So the current government must set up the other long-term plans to reduce the the, the pollution. So the, since the, the diesel fuel car is not the only source of the air pollution, the policy must analyze the source of the pollution thoroughly and set up the method to reduce the pollution in the end. All right.
Very good. Thanks. Professor Kim, thank you very much for uh, joining us this evening and appreciate your insights. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your invitation. Thank you. Mm -hmm.